Join me right now on Kumite TV is PFL featherweight contender, Jeremy Kennedy. What's going on, Jeremy? How's it going, man? Good, good, man. Um, the first thing I want to get into is you're signed with the PFL. Your teammates, Gary Mangit and Bibiano Fernandez, they're over in one championship being very successful. Many yeah. people think that you have to be in the UFC to be successful, right? But... Do you believe that finding the promotion that fits you is more important than ever now in MMA? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, and we're seeing it more and more now with more avenues. Um, yeah, the UFC is not beyond all. You know, it's it's good, it's great. It's, you know, it's a top organization, but you know, having been there and now have these offers, like I got offers from one championship too, and you know, PFL, and seeing all these different contracts and money being bounced around. You know, it's not it's not far off. Depending on exactly like you said, is your whatever suits you best. You know, what market you could you know please the best. You know, and it's and just how they treat you and and what their schedule and their structures like. You know, so I I think I found my perfect home at uh, PFL here. And especially you, you're still very young. You could actually go fight in PFL, win the $1 million, and then go to the UFC and win win the belt there, which is incredible <laughs> that your future could be that way. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, I've already been into the UFC, you know, and uh, I fought for Brave, and now, you know, I could go win this million and then win it again next year or whatever, <laughs> how many seasons I want to do that. And, you know, I could go back to the UFC or finish my career out in one, and, you know, Bellator still always there, and that, that's an option, you know, so... MMA's booming, and it's just going to get nothing but better, and there's always options, you know, and me being 26, I, I love it, you know, I got I got a lot of years ahead of me still, and I'm just right where I want to be with this PFL, you know, it's the best money, and it's the most active, it's a young man's tournament, you know, it's po potentially five fights in, in just over seven months, and uh, that's right up my alley, you know, I, I love that, so I, I'm, I'm all for it. All right, last month, you are on this side of the earth cornering Gary Mangit for his one debut how was yeah. your trip and your return to Asia I loved it man it was it was cool because we got to go out to Thailand about the week the week beforehand just to get you know acclimated and all that and I lived in Thailand in 2014 for a year so it was nice to come back it was a different part it was down in Phuket so got to check out Tiger Muay Thai and I want to start adding them into my my training camps and whatnot too like making a, a few trips out there at least a um just because, yeah, it's it's a fight life out there, you know, and it's just the way of life. There's no real distractions, and it's cheap living and, and everything like that. So I want to start adding that in. And I love the coaches out at Tiger. You know, the Hickman brothers, they're amazing, you know. So it, it's just one of those things that I want to definitely incorporate and keep things changing and not getting too stagnant. You know, I love my, my team at Extreme Couture and coming home back here in Canada and just, you know, resting a little bit here and then having Thailand as well added in. So, yeah, and then the, the one championship event in, in Myanmar was pretty cool. You know, it's cool to see different parts of the world and uh, how they run things. You know, I've been out to a few of their events with Bibiano and, and whatnot like that. So it was just kind of cool to see how they've been developing because I haven't been to a show in a few years. So it, it's just cool. They're growing, constantly growing, and it was cool to kind of see their weight cut and the way they kind of do things as well. So, uh, yeah, it's just you know, opening my eyes to all the different avenues. A couple weeks back, your teammate and your friend, Bibiano, you mentioned him earlier, he won the title 
But yeah. it was via DQ, which he was not really satisfied with. He seemed pretty angry about it. What did you think about what transpired with the elbows to the back of the head? Yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Like, that's definitely not the way you want to win. You know, I fa- I thought he was winning the whole fight. You know, he, he rocked Kevin on the feet. And, you know, he was definitely controlling it on the ground. And, you know, the fight was still early. So you never know exactly how the fight could have ended. But in my eyes and watching it, you know, I, I found he was – he was winning, and I, I still believe he won the, fir- the first two fights, you know. He finished him in the first fight. The second fight was razor thin, and I believe, maybe, you know, it's hard with the one's judging criteria because it's so open to speculation because they don't do round-by-round round in the 10-point must system. So it's more of just, like, opinion-based near the end of the fight, you know. And so how much do they value the last minute of a fifth round compared to four minutes of dominance, but it may be you know, slower and on the ground controlling and stuff. So there's so much more room for criticism and and speculation and whoever's got the bigger fan base that's more, you know, aggressive online that you see a lot of these these, um, Kevin fans just, you know, (laughs) coming out of nowhere, you know. So it's, it's, it's hard and it leaves a lot of speculation, like I said. And then with the elbows, it's hard because... Nobody knows but Bibiano. So all these guys saying that, oh, he took the easy way out. You have no idea because you didn't get elbowed in the head eight times. You know, you have no idea what it feels like, you know. And even if, for me, even if he was capable to maybe re- continue after those five minutes, why give yourself such a disadvantage for hit the uh, your opponent's blatant disregard for the rules, you know? So it's now Bibiano's just because he feels he has to. He has to kind of restart the fight with, you know, being damaged and like he said he's came out and he's not a guy that lies you know he said he was he was rocked from those elbows so why would he have to start at a disadvantage you know so it's it just it's super hard and nobody knows but Bibiano in that case you know so I can't really speak for him you know so many fighters might have done different things or the same thing or it could have played so many different ways but you know the, nobody can speak on how hurt he was or how he could have continued or how he was feeling other than Bibiano and and from what I've known for a long time with Bibiano, and I think everybody knows is he, he's an honorable guy and he's a true champion. So I don't think he's lying or or any stretching the truth or whatnot or a lot of the things that are saying online. I just don't believe they're true to be honest. And so you know if that if they want to do a rematch, I think that's that's awesome. We I clearly know who the better fighter is to me to me in my eyes. Um, and if they got to run it back and Bibiano got to beat him a fourth time, I guess that's what has to happen. But they'll close this chapter eventually. Yeah, it seems like they're gonna they're gonna do that. They're gonna run it back one more time just to, yeah, like pretty, you said, close the chapter. Yeah, it's pretty hard not to with the with those two. You know, with how what all of that's transpired. How do you really go on and let Bibiano defend his belt against somebody else now? You know, so I think I, I guess that's what they got to do now. Since leaving the UFC, you've kept yourself in the headlines with two incredible performances with Brave in 2018. Obviously, you're signed to PFL now, but how was your experience with that company and thoughts on their future? Because they're still young. Yeah, they are definitely young, um, but they do all the right things. You know, they've got the money, the funding with Bahrain and, you know, the Sheikh Khalid. Um, so they, and they, they're, they're aggressive. It's because it's, it's a hobby to Sheikh. You know, he just wants to see it grow. And I think that's what's going to take them far because he's enthusiastic. He's involved. He's got the good team behind him. Everybody I dealt with there was amazing, you know. Um, it just wasn't necessarily the right fit for me 
up into the point of where I got in my career, you know, I'm, I'm ready to start fighting closer to home. And uh, those trips to Saudi Arabia and Morocco and, and stuff like that, it's, it's hard for how busy I want to stay. And the coaches, having coaching available that all have families and kids and, and stuff like that, to ask them to travel halfway across the world for, you know, weeks on end throughout the year, it's, it's just tough. And um, they understood that, you know, I had a great relationship ending with them. And uh, PFL is just kind of the perfect fit for me. You know, it's close to home and it's active. I want to stay active. And that's why I signed with Brave in the beginning. It was because of how active they're willing to keep me. Not like a lot of these other organizations that will kind of shelf you, you know, once every six months and whatnot like that. And Brave, Brave was willing to, you know, keep me busy. And that's what they did. They, they honored that, which was awesome. But when it came down to to me wanting to stay busy but just stay close to home, they, they respected that. So I, I, I wish all the best to Brave and I'm going to support them and I, I love their show still. They they put on crazy shows, you know, so it's pretty cool. Uh, but I think they're going to do well, you know, just the way they're doing it. They're building their 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 roster and uh, keeping their guys happy and that's that's what promotions need. Now you're fighting in the PFL tournament for $1 million. Are you in a much better position, you know, at this point in your career than fighting for a championship belt for any other promotion? Yeah, I mean, the one million comes along with a championship belt, you know, so I'm, I'm still hunting for that. Um, I just think everything has led me up to this point now, you know, from the UFC. The UFC was great, but I was young. I was, I was a kid there, you know, and I had a lot of growing up to do, and I, which I did in the UFC, which a lot of guys get done before they get there. You know, and uh, like if I were in the UFC now, I think I would have a whole different career. It would be going in a different path, you know. So I'm glad I got there when I did, got that experience at the highest level and um, fought the toughest guys around. And I still was successful, you know. And then um, my trip into the Middle East fighting for Brave, that was still letting me develop my skills. And I changed a few things after leaving the UFC. Um which let me develop them in Brave in the cage against top-level guys out there. And then now now here I am at, at PFL, and I feel like I'm just reaching my my uh, prime, not necessarily physically, but mentally as well, which is a huge thing. And uh, for the for the biggest prize money that's going around right now, and I think this, this season is definitely the toughest tournament in all of combat sports now with the, the guys, because everybody after last season, you know, Everyone's checks cleared, you know, and they saw how smoothly it ran when it's just it just made it more pleasing for everybody, all the top level guys. So now you look at this roster of 12 featherweights and you stack that up against any other 12 featherweights that are fighting in a tournament. And there's You won't find it, you know, so it's it, it's going to be a tough grindy year for everybody, you know, and, and it's just the winner of this is going to walk away not only with a million dollars and the belt, but some serious recognition of being one of the top featherweights in the world without having to, you know, fight a ranked guy in the UFC. You know, I think this is going to rank ourselves amongst, you know, one of the best in the world without having to do that, you know. So I think just because of the level of competition that's in this tournament is going to speak volumes, you know. There are featherweight talents from all over the world. Have you looked into some of the other guys in the tournament? Have you studied them already? Or are you just kind of focused on yourself? Yeah, man, I'm a nerd when it comes to that. I love studying the game and studying my division. And A lot of these guys, it's funny, a lot of these guys I've known long before even them getting announced in this tournament. You know, like Japa, the 33-1 Brazilian, I knew of him when he was like 16-0 fighting in Brazil. Just because, you know, I found his record fascinating, you know, and 
Movlid, the 13-0 guy from, from uh, Russia who fought Herbert Burns in one championship. I watched that fight, and he was on my radar, even though I knew I never really thought our pass would cross. But just they're, they're my, you know, competition. They're my weight class, and they're the top of the world from wherever they are. And Andre Harrison has been on my radar for, you know, ever. I think he everyone, you know, has been aware of him because he's been fighting on the regional scene for so long. Um Lance Palmer's my training partner, you know, my guy, you know, I love, I love that guy. So he's a tough, top guy, you know, Almeida, I've watched him in their two fights. There are just tons of these guys, you know, Freddie Asunza has been around because of his brother. Um, I I know a lot of them, Bezerra, a Bellator vet, you know, Titan FC vet, vet. and um, I've watched a lot of his fights and I'm excited to have drawn him first. You know, he's a tough guy. He came into the the tournament last year, kind of near the end, but instantly with that knockout, he... He rose as one of the top top guys in the division instantly, you know, and um, now he's one of the more feared guys, which I like because uh, I'm going to come in, take him out first, and then uh, put the rest of these featherweights on notice. Yeah, you speak of uh, Bezerra. He is your first fight. Yeah. Thoughts on him, man, like his skill set. Of course, he has that knockout power, but other than that, what do you see in him? Yeah, like I think that's just more – he's more of a dangerous guy in that aspect of um, – he, he's got heavy hands, he's aggressive, you know, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, he's, you know, he's got good submissions, but overall, putting it all together, that's where I find he's the, um, his, his holes are, is that my wrestling's going to be better, I think I've got, I'm the bigger, taller athlete, you know, the longer guy on the feet, um, I think I'll have better conditioning, just putting them together, the transitions in between the wrestling, the grappling, the striking, I'm going to be able to put together better. Um, I actually kind of see him a little bit as Honey Jason, the, the opponent when I fought in Brazil. You know, very similar where they're kind of wild on the feet, throw big haymakers, but they hit hard. Um, good jiu-jitsu, black belt, smits guys off their back, you know, on top. Uh, but they, they lack the little in-betweens, you know, and I think that's where I'm going to kind of be able to ex- exploit that and take, run through them, you know, just with my aggressiveness and just – keep the pressure on him, keep my hands in his face, take him down, ride him on top, you know, ground and pound him, and just overwhelm him. You said you're hitting your prime mentally and physically. Yeah. You're going to be fighting five times this year. Has the mental approach changed a little bit? Because you're going to be continuously fighting, so you can't, like, turn it off anytime. You have to be on. Yeah. that It's kind of like a, a season, um, you know, but it's just fight season, you know, it's always, a, it's a lifestyle, you know, I'm always in training camp, and that's just the way I'm going to r- approach this whole year, is just constantly, you know, watching what I eat, keeping my weight down, constantly being in the gym, you know, if I need to take a day off, it's okay, because it's it's not a sprint, it's a marathon this whole year, you know, so it's just take each fight one at a time, and um, the biggest thing is going to be hard, I find, is not the continuous weight cuts, because I'll keep my weight pretty low. And it's not the continuous training camps. It's more of going into a fight, you know, a tough guy like Bezeris, and then, uh, you know, not really having a long turnaround time. I mean, you know, you got to – it's eight weeks out pretty much after that from from May 23rd to July 25th. you got to be kind of bouncing right back into it. So if you get any little bumps or bruises, you're going to have to train right through them all the way through, you know. And uh, you you look at things like how simple little, you know, hand breaks or hand fractures or – you know, those shin bone 
bruises and stuff like that. It's just you won't really have time after the fight to let it heal for a week or two because you got to get right back into the gym and train. And I, but I think that that goes for all all twelve guys. You know, it's going to be just how you manage your your rehab and your your injuries throughout the whole year. Um, it's it's a I think it's going to be a, an art of its own. You know, and uh, all the way into the the October the playoffs. You know, and then you got two fights in one night, and then you know not shortly after you're fighting in the finals. So it's just it's going to be a long grind, and it's just how you approach these fights. I don't think you can fight, you know, conservatively because that'll show with the point system and whatnot. Like you want, you got to go for the finish and you got to put these guys away. But it's also just, yeah, how what kind of wars you get in, you know? And you got to you got to treat that right. You got a good recovery team behind you for this year. And I think that I'm taking all the right steps to do that, anyways. There's many little aspects of this tournament, you know, in, in your preparations and everybody's preparations. But I feel that keeping your weight low is going to be so important compared to guys that go in there, you know, and cut a lot of weight and then go into the fight the next day. Do you think that's going to be imperative in all these matchups? I think the big thing is going to be more so not getting too big after your fight. You know, like everyone typically cuts roughly the same. You know, it's not a secret. You're about 15 to 20 pounds bigger when you get back in the cage. As a natural featherweight, if you're a decent-sized featherweight, you're going to be walking in at about 160 to 165. That's just realistics of it. Um, the guys that are lighter, all, all the power to them, but those extra five pounds, you know, trying to lose it again isn't going to be a big deal. But it's just not getting too much heavier after that, you know, and then gearing up for another weight cut. Like, you don't want to be getting up to 75, you know, like stuff like a lot of guys do, you know, when they, they get out of fight camp, you know, they, they explode up and then they start working it back down. But this one, you don't really have that time frame to do. So, you know, you'll have to, I'm going to just keep it moderate. You know, after my fight, it's it's fight camp again. It's uh, it's not like I get a vacation. You know, I'm not going to eat whatever I want and get to have my splurge week. It's just going to be, you know, I fight on the Thursday. I might have a few nice nice dinners Friday, Saturday, and then come Monday morning, it's it's back to strict diet and, and fight camp again. Do you have a small core group you put together for your preparation since you will be in camp for the whole year? Uh, yeah, like I'll have my, my coaches my, that are, are with me the whole time. Um, and then Extreme Couture, there's tons of bodies, right? But it's I like to have, for my sparring especially, like a core group of guys my size, feather, feather featherweights, and um, I try to find the guys. Mostly the big thing for me is is height. I like to spar. If I'm, you know, facing a guy like Bezeros, who's, for example, 5'8", and I'm a six-foot-tall featherweight, I don't want to be facing or sparring guys that are taller than me or southpaws or just stuff like that. I'll, I kind of keep them roughly relatively that frame. You know, a shorter guy likes to strike, but he's got a good off of his back. You know, I just try to find his best suitable guys for training partners, you know, and then I'll probably round up four or five guys out of the gym, ask them to kind of like, you know, come in for separate times for me for, for sparring and stuff like that. And then the rest of the stuff is just business as usual out at Extreme Couture and uh, 10th Planet Las Vegas and just all the, all the, all the training I do out in Vegas. Um, and then my coaches will be the same all the way through. But just fight by fight, I'll kind of be swapping in and out of uh, training partners depending on, well, who my opponent is, you know. But that's the one good thing about Vegas is how many resources you have and all the different world-class featherweights that are out there, you know, all the time. So. It seems like you found your knockout power 
in your last two fights it has returned because i know you were knocking guys out earlier in your career has yeah. anything changed in your striking have you been working with anybody in particular to kind of find that the angles or you know what has changed yeah it's, a big thing has been my my confidence like i said when i was in the ufc i had a lot of uh little little mental things going on like i had a lot of mental growing to do you know i was just i was going in there and fighting not to not to lose but not really to win you know just taking guys down and holding them trying to play it safe ride it out i was holding a lot onto my undefeated record and wins in the ufc meant so much and i didn't want to get cut if you lost and you had a bad showing or whatever which actually affected my performances you know once the whole once i wrote up finished up my contract with the ufc and i was moving on I was fighting like you know what I had nothing to lose and I didn't uh, I didn't I didn't not like I didn't care but I didn't I didn't hold too much value on oh I have to win this fight it's like no I want to go out there and have fun because this is what I do for a living this is what I love to do you know and so I got that fire back that that confidence and then I switched up my training camp and going out to extreme and sparring with world class guys you know builds confidence in the gym too you know like I was having hard rounds in the gym against you know I look at my my training partners and I look at my opponent and I'm just like, why, you know, what am I worried about here? You know? So it's, it's like, I'm, I'm fighting the best guys in the world every week. So my, and my, again, my, my new, new coaches as well added a lot of new tools in, you know, Eric Nixick and Eddie Barocco are two great striking coaches that I've incorporated. And uh, a lot of tools they brought to the table right away. I, I clicked right away because it just worked well with my style. And uh, yeah, it just, we jived well. And I was implementing the stuff into sparring right away, which usually takes months and months and months to be able to practice, to be able to do into sparring, to be able to do into a fight. You know, I was learning them in training camp and pulling them off in the fight. Like, you know, the finishing sequence of my last fight was something I, I drilled consecutively all throughout camp with, with one of my coaches. And uh, to be able to pull it off picture perfect like that, you know, it just shows that the training, the proof's in the pudding, you know. So I think uh, I got lots more to show and I'm excited about it. All right, man. Well, you know, I'm excited for you too, man, because it seems like you're hitting your stride and and having this million dollars, you know, yeah. at the end of the at the end of the rainbow, it's incredible. Exactly. You know, that, the big thing is is I'm not really looking at the million right now. I'm looking at Bazaris and and that win, just like I would look at any other fight, you know. And then I think a lot of these guys are getting a little too overzealous and mm -hmm. thinking about oh, who who I'm going to fight in the finals and who I'm going to fight in the quarterfinals and to me, you know, it's we're all human and we all got to fight each other twice first to even get there. And uh, they're paying me good. You know, the, the money I'm fighting for for my first two fights that doesn't include the million is more than I'm I, my last fights with Brave. You know, and I treated those just as one single fight. So I'm looking at the same as this one. It's one single fight. I have a show and I have a win purse and I'm just going out there to improve my record to 14 and one get another finish against a top guy and uh, win some money for that and move on to July. And that's all I'm looking at right now the money at I, the million at the end of the year is going to be what's you know the the perfect <laughs> ending you know but i'm not really looking at that right now there's a long road to get there all right one last thing before i let you go in your last fight for the ufc you faced alex volkanovsky yeah he is now set to face jose aldo what are your thoughts on that matchup and do you have a favorite in that fight yeah you know it's i learned a lot from fighting alex you know i, I would i I would love to be able to run that one back just because, again, I know I keep coming back to this, but mentally I had some blocks that I had to get through. You know, physically I was in the best shape of my life for that fight, but I, I just had a lot of different things mentally going on. 
So I would, I would like to test my skills against him, just seeing how well he's done since then. You know, sorry about my dog here. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so he, he and the better he does, it, it's good for me too. You know, I, I wish the best for him. I think he's ranked fourth in the world now. You know, so it's it just shows you know how how good of a opposition I've been fighting. You know, and um, him against Aldo, that's it's pretty crazy to even have them in the same sentence. You know, Aldo's a legend. But uh, three rounds, I think favors every any three round fight favors Aldo. You know, he's never really outside of the uh, the Connor fight. You know, he's pretty well been ahead of most of the fights. Even against Holloway, I had him winning. You know, the first couple rounds, he just kind of faded near the end. So I think three rounds definitely favors him. But there's that stuff going on with him being in and out of the hospital with with staff and the infections and stuff. So you never really know how much training he's doing now. And Valky, he's he's a killer, you know. He's a guy that's just dedicated to his craft. So you got to be on your A game to fight him, no matter what. So for me, right now, with just the headlines alone, I would take Volkanovski. But you know, prime, prime, in shape, in shape, everything goes smoothly for a three round fight. I would probably take Aldo. So it all it all depends, you know. There's so many things that go into it behind the scenes that we don't see. But for me, if I was a betting man, I'd be putting my money down on Volkanovski. No matter what, man, I think that you and Volkanovski will meet in the future somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's like yeah. it's it's destined to happen. Absolutely, man, and that that's my only loss, you know. So I, it, that's what fires me really good to the you know to to run through this to eventually make it to the UFC. It would be to get that one back, you know. Like if the money elsewhere, it's 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 where I want to be. But if I were to ever go back to the UFC, it would definitely be be hunting to get that one back. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what the future holds. But for me right now, it's just he's on different paths. I'm on different paths. We're in different organizations. So I just wish the best to him. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to keep winning and keep improving and uh, win this million dollars and <laughs> move on. All right, man. May 23rd, Long Island, New York. Thank you sure. for your time, Jeremy, and uh, good luck to you, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it.